Hi, and welcome to episode 162 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Only Want to Talk About Happy Things episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I, I really appreciate you. I think this happy things focus is a really good thing. You know, now with this fucking daylight savings or lack of daylight savings, I don't know which way it, it, it gets goes, dark early. It's a all problem. I know is it's dark right now. It's dark and getting cold and gloomy, and we're still with this fucking pandemic, and God knows what's happening in the White House. But talking about happy things today, that's a good move. I like it. I'm with you. Excellent. And happily, as I was pulling my notes together, a lot of the things were just sort of emerging as happy things. I mean, I didn't say I'm only going to look for happy things. It's like, well, there's a lot of happy things to report. So there's a sign from the universe. I actually can I, I can start with a happy thing. I want one. We've talked a couple of times about the fact that we've been trying to get the lion cut out in the Leones Stadium. So for those of you who might be joining us for the first time, I've been doing a lot of international baseball that you'll hear about later. But the Lions in Taiwan just won the Taiwan series. I'm a diehard forever fan of the Lions. So the Leones del Escogido are now playing in the Dominican Republic, and we bought a fantastically designed by infield fly girl picture cutout of the lion mascot from Taiwan to put in the Leones Stadium. It's like this lion to lion international bonding thing. But I was watching the games and I was feeling a little doubtful because we couldn't find the lion. So, of course, it eventually took to tweeting at the Leonis de Escajito, where's the fucking line? I said it more politely than that. And then it was retweeted by a couple of people. And then they answered saying, here's the lion. And they sent a picture and it, it's definitely the lion cut out in a, sta- in, a, in a seat in the stadium. But the question is where? So yeah. I, 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 we have that. They tweeted that. And actually, because of all the retweets and stuff, Lion himself, the mascot in Taiwan, who is not on Twitter, but he is on Facebook, posted about it on his Facebook page, which is the cutest thing. And he actually said, let me express my highest gratitude. I am deeply moved by my popularity beyond boundaries. <laughs> the translation on that gets credited to Amber. Thank you very much, Amber, for letting me know what Lion said. So there are folks all over who are appreciating this fact that, that we've got this lion to lion connection. And I just feel like, Uh, This is what it's all about, right? Like bringing people together. But damn it, Leonis, I want to see the lion when play is happening. So I think we have to up our game with the tweeting at the lions and the retweeting. I want them behind home plate. What I want you to do is get together with um, some of your cohorts here and like develop the actual the mascot exchange program. Oh, that's like, good. <laughs> what What are the policies? You know, what What are the yeah. goals? You know, what kind right. of like international cooperation will come out of this and then really make it happen? Yeah, especially for the lion thing, because as as we all know, the lion mascot in Taiwan is an amazing dancer and give him some time in the Dominican Republic, like actually Holy send him there Toledo. to do some merengue, some bachata. Yeah. He will be rocking next year. Sure enough. Sure enough. Hey, um, what's happy news without a baby announcement? The um, the Harpers, Bryce and Kayla, have announced the birth of their second baby, baby Brooklyn. This is at least the second Brooklyn daughter in baseball world i think there are more brooklyn's in uh, that are children of baseball players i mean, definitely the scherzers have a baby brooklyn i remember you talking about that on the show and being like why new york and same with harper like who wants i mean there's not a team in brooklyn it's kind of close to queens you want to go to the mets unless but- it's you know a historical 
you know, nod or something to, to baseball. I, I don't know. But actually, I, I was trying to find out because I'm really sure there's a third person, at least one more baseball family with a child named Brooklyn. And I found out that in like 2014, the name Brooklyn was like the 28th most popular girl's name. Really? Which I find shocking. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm feeling old. I'm feeling old. But it's happy news because there's a baby. We love the babies. Congrats, Bryce. On today's show, Theo Epstein moves on. Wrigley Field gets designated as a historical site. There's actually happy minor league news for a change. Uh, Brian Cashman, the Dodgers, and the Nats are all doing some good right now around the holiday season. Not so good, Robinson Cano, Rivaldo's frickin' Chapman, Cody Bellinger. Oh, geez, Cody. Uh, we've got a retiring boyfriend. Will a women's baseball league really happen? There's, there's another push. And we've got all kinds of stuff for you in international baseball today. We are kicking off the campaign right now for Theo Epstein for commissioner. What do you think? Yeah. Are you in? No, you are kicking that off. I'm kicking it off? Yeah. All right. So maybe you're going to disagree. I I think he's kind of got the magic touch. He's retiring from the Cubs. So Cubs fans are super sad. He's been with them for nine seasons. He was with the Red Sox for 10 seasons before them, famously. And when he left the Red Sox for the Cubs, I forget who he quoted, and of course I didn't write it down, but that like a 10-year stint is a good stint. So he did that 10 years. It was time to go. So he's he's stepping down after nine, which seems odd. Like, why not one more? But apparently he's taken 2021 off. Do you know why now? I think he's I think he's just kind of toast and needs a change. I mean, he's given up a boatload of money to not do that last year of his contract. So I think it's not about the money for him. I kind of think he just needs to look elsewhere and do something different. That's interesting. I mean, I wonder maybe what's in going on in Cubs land. I know that Cubs fans aren't too happy right, right about now about how things are going. Maybe that's part of it. But for him to break two courses. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's, that's amazing. And also the uh, the person that they've moved into his position, whose name I just blanked on, Jed Hoyner, is that right? Something, yeah, you know what that's I mean. You know what I mean. right. Yeah. They, they have a running joke about how it's a very peaceful transition of power, which I appreciate. <laughs> yes. That is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. So so back to Epstein's magic touch. So this, of course, goes to him breaking the 86-year-old curse by getting the Red Sox to win a World Series in 2004. He hung around with them to win another one in 2007. And then he hops over to the Cubs because bigger challenge. Why not break a 108-year-old curse in 2016? He has been credited a lot with the whole analytics push. And I think that he's he's stating now looking for a common ground. Then there was some a long quote from him, but the point of it is that he said that sometimes this push toward analytics has taken a negative impact on the aesthetic value and the entertainment value. So he's owning that because he was behind that. But I also think that he has combined those two things, or at least he has with the Cubs and the Red Sox, that both teams had a, a whole lot of spirit and unquantifiable something when they won those series. So yes. And here's where my problem with the commissioner idea is exactly that. I think he would be the people's commissioner, mm -hmm. but there's not a people's commissioner. The commissioner works for the owners. And Theo Epstein is very player friendly for all the reasons that you just talked about. In fact, he also right. he sits on the advisory committee for the Players Alliance. Right. He was one of the people that united the baseball operations folks um, the day of the draft. 
to take a, a Black Lives Matter stand. I mean, he is very socially conscious. He's very much a player's guy. And I think if we had a people's commissioner of baseball, he would be the guy. Absolutely. I don't know that he's the kind of guy the owners want. The owners want, you know, a union busting, you know, take charge anti-labor guy. And so I say, fuck the owners, viva la revolucion. And let's just put him in and and make them bow to his demands. Fight the man for sure, but the owners <laughs> right. hire the commissioner. So good luck with all that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right. so I think, yeah, no, definitely for the, I think maybe we could have a competing people's commissioner and then I'm all in for that. Although, you know, if owners start changing a little, the new owner of the Mets is looking, and I don't think he's in our, in our list, so I'll just mention him quickly. Stephen Cohen is right. really coming on as a people-friendly owner and shocking the shit out of everybody. So if we could get that kind of owner in. So that's actually one of the um, the predicted next moves for um, Theo Epstein is possibly ownership, possibly getting in mm-hmm. into partial ownership of a team because he would be more like that. And maybe that's what he does. Maybe he helps to change what ownership looks like in Major League Baseball. And that would be hugely valuable, too. So it wouldn't have to be fighting from the outside. It would be leading from inside, which would be pretty cool. I think they should go the Green Bay way. I think we should just dismantle the whole fucking system, make it a, a public ownership. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Let's do it. Man, we are totally fighting the man from the get-go today. This is a <laughs> happy right. day. I'm this good. is a this is a totally happy day. I should have worn my unionize the miners shirt. I'm actually wearing my glass ceiling shattered t-shirt to to celebrate Kim Ang. So thank you, Breaking Tea, for making women's cuts. That was Yay. actually thing. We found this shirt and realized they didn't make this funny shirt. There's this great shirt celebrating Kim Ang in a women's cut, but we fixed that. Don't you worry. Back to Theo Epstein. His foundation has the best foundation name. It's called the foundation to be named later. Oh, that's great. Isn't that cool? It must be by the same people who did the Washington football team. No, no, no. That's no. That was us, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, anyway, that's great. So he's he's got a lot to focus on with the Players Alliance, with the foundation to be named later, which does fundraisers that involve baseball and music, oh, nice. which is pretty cool. So he's a big fan of both of those things. So he's got a lot to do. And what I, I heard a quote, I saw I read a quote from him saying, you know, the phone's going to ring and I always answer my calls. So he's open. He's open to anything, but I don't think he has a, like, here's my next step, but he's got plenty, plenty to do. But um, yeah, I like this idea of the people's commissioner. Maybe we should give him a call. If his phone's open. See, his phone's open. You just have to know the number. Oh, okay. Oh, curses. We got to know somebody who knows somebody. Mm -hmm. Hello, Theo. Come on the show and let's talk about this idea of a people's commissioner. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Cubsville there. So Wrigley Field, you may have heard of Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field was just designated a national historical landmark, which one, this is like when you hear that somebody died that you thought was already dead. (laughs) It was like, that's perfect. How are they not already? But um, this, they're only the second ball, ballpark after Fenway to get this designation. And DeRickus put a bunch of money into renovations a little while back. And so it took seven years from when those renovations were done to get the certification because the structure itself can't vary too greatly from the original structure to maintain this designation. And here's why that's important. It's important because it's cool to have a plaque, right? But you also get millions of dollars in tax credits, which, you know, who knows if the Ricketts are going to pocket that or put it into free agents? Who knows? But as an example, when the Red Sox got their designation, they got like $40 million in tax credits. That's a lot. So, hey, use your, use your powers for good. Use your powers for good, my friends. 
And I love the feeling of being at Fenway. And I, I would love to go to Wrigley. It's definitely on the bucket list. It's we great. have to make that it's happen. Great. Yeah, as soon as as soon as conditions allow, some sort of baseball trip has to happen. But that that living history, the concept of being in a park that is kept in its historical state, I'm I'm all for that. They deserve hey, so the, the millions. They there's a ballpark that I've been to that just had a really good week, and that's Frontier Field in Rochester, New York, home of the Rochester Red Wings. And earlier this week, they they posted this video of pulling down the the Twins logos, and I thought, oh hell, are they getting cut when this whole reorganization? We have some good news for a change in the world of minor league baseball. The Red Wings are now going to be the Washington Nationals AAA affiliate instead of freaking Fresno. No offense, Fresno, but we were on the other side of the country, and that's not useful. The AAA affiliate used to be in Syracuse, which is now the Mets AAA affiliate, which makes a lot of sense for the Mets. So we'll just be, you know, an hour away down the road to, at Frontier Field, and I'm so excited. And it looks like all the Nationals. Um, the family of teams is embracing this whole thing. They've already made friends, apparently, with the, the folks at Frontier Field. And one of the things that the Red Wings has that's especially awesome is they have a ball dog. They have a bat dog, excuse me, a bat dog. And the new um, one that they're training right now, his name is Milo. And we've met Milo online. And oh, my God. So cute. So cute. So cute. So, so hooray. Thank you, Nationals. Thank you, Red Wings, for making this happen. Hopefully, um, I'll get to go to Rochester and see more games. You think? <laughs> yeah, this is a big NCIB win for when life gets back to normal because, because your child is right down the street, right? Going to school in Rochester. So, And we've all been Nats fans for quite a while. So what a great thing for our show. Something happy to celebrate. Happy news. Happy news. Okay, here's some good stuff. Here's some like holiday timing good stuff. The Dodgers, to celebrate their win, you know, they're not having a parade because COVID parades are bad. They may have a parade later. This doesn't necessarily preclude a parade, but they are celebrating their victory and raising money and stuff for people who need it through their foundation and celebrating the holidays by having a drive-through holiday festival. Now, you know, you've all done this before, you know, like parks set up like these like drive through, you know, that, you, you know, you raise money for the local charities and there's lights set up everywhere. So this is going to be a combination of holiday lights and also baseball things. Apparently, they're going to be Dodger elves. Oh, cool. Available. Oh, that's so awesome. And it's not cheap. So I'm hoping that some of the actual admission per car goes to charity. But definitely mm -hmm. the Dodgers Foundation is doing a toy drive for some of their their, their charitable giving. They're doing like a collection of baseball, softball equipment for their, um, you know, their, their grow the game activities. And they're also asking for things like new socks and stuff like that for homeless shelters. Aww, right. Awesome. So, so they're, they're trying to um, address a lot of needs in the community and also celebrate the world series of the Dodgers and, and the season and the list of like health protocols is very long. You stay in your car, you keep your windows up or if they're down, you have a mask on, you know, if people are spaced out. There's no getting out and hanging out and walking around. You're moving through, but still this is going to raise a boatload of money and stuff. And that's very cool. So Brian Cashman, um, GM of the Yankees, has been a board member of Covenant House for years. If you are aware of Covenant House, they work with um, largely with runaway teens. And they have this fundraiser every year, which I had never heard of. How did I miss this? It's called the Executive Sleepout, where wow. you you pledge to sleep on the streets, basically. And what you do first, usually, like if you are nearby a Covenant House location, you meet with 
homeless teens and they talk about their experience. So you have, you have some sort of educational, um, you know, becoming, you know, in community with this population that you want to help. You get pledges from people to you say this is a fundraising thing and largely a lot of executives do this. So they have, you know, friends with big fat checkbooks. Wow. And so they raise a lot of money. And so Brian Cashman has been sleeping on the streets of New York, like once one night, every fall, early winter for like six or seven years now this year, because of COVID he still wanted to sleep out. He did it on the field at Yankee stadium. So it was just him. That's just him in like, you know, this gigantic parka and this gigantic sleeping bag, but it's to raise awareness and it's to raise a boatload of money. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The last holiday related thing I want to tell you about is um, the Nats coming to the rescue of a local restaurant group called Medium Rare in D.C., which apparently in the past has done this turkey fry situation where they provide a safe way for people, cover your ears, vegetarian, to um, <laughs> to, to deep fry their turkeys because it's a little dangerous. I know. Believe me. Yeah. I know, but people, it's delicious. And so people want to do this. So what they've done in the past was they, for a donation, you know, you can come bring your turkey, they have everything set up and you can do it there. Well, this year there isn't, wasn't big enough because you need to space out. So like ballparks being available as polling places, Nats, the uh, Nats Park said, hey, we've got an outfield. So they have set it up. I looked at the sign-up sheet. They are taking like nine people at a time spread out across the outfield, like every half hour. Cause it only takes about 20 minutes to deep fry a Turkey. And here's where the money goes, right? The $25 minimum donation. And a lot of people are going to donate a whole lot more than that. You know how these things work goes towards their, their feed the fridge initiative in which they, and I quote, they stock thousands of refrigerators that get filled daily with fresh and free school lunches at area public schools, at rec centers, fire and EMS facilities, and police stations. This is sold out. I, I was about to it say, there must out. be huge demand for that. Yeah. I, I would love to see just pictures from it, though. What a scene. I mean, even being vegetarian. I'm, I'm guessing they're not having like the designated tofurkey fryer. No, yeah, probably no not for this. Probably because oh, wow. you know, they asked for like a, a, to keep it within eight to 10 pounds and eight to 10 pounds of tofu just sounds like an enormous <laughs> amount. Sounds like more than Doesn't I want. Happen. So no. my neighborhood usually does a turkey fry every year and we just had to cancel yeah. it, even though we designed oh. all of these very particular, very specific, um, you know, COVID protocols. We said, you know what? It's just it's too much. It's yeah. just too much. And it's bad optics. Even if we follow all those rules, it's still not a good thing. We're just so we're just skipping it this year because I would just send you pictures of that where we have one fryer that's only for turkeys and one fryer for everything else. So you could indulge in all of the deep fried, you know, cholesterol laden artery blocking things that aren't carne based. Wow. That's, that is something. Well, hopefully next year we're, we're, we've got to be looking up right next time. The fry will be Should we take a break for bad for, for some, a little bit of stupid or bad? there's always a little bit of stupid actually i have a bunch of stupid coming later so why not a little bit of stupid now a lot of stupid later Uh, we have these baseball boyfriends i mention them every uh, i do this little intro at the beginning of every uh episode these are the guys that we pick in the off season we each pick one per team because they're cool there's something about them beyond the field that's super special and we'll be doing it again soon so I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a throwback to our very first season and my very first baseball boyfriends. And when he was on the Mariners, I picked Robinson Cano for obvious reasons at the time. This is before his 
first suspension. So when when it came out, of course, this week that most of you know that he is suspended for the entire season next year because of PED use and and failing a test. I went back and looked in our notes to see when we talked about him. And it was all the way back in episode 11 that I first chose him. So he was a very early boyfriend. In episode 32 is when we found out about his half season PED suspension. And that was due to actually PED masking substances that were picked up, diuretics. And the the statement at the time was that it was his Dominican doctor. He didn't know. And this story happens a lot with failing PED stuff. So you sort of take it with a grain of salt. And at the time, I think I said, you know, I might as well not keep him as a boyfriend, that there's there is that little bit of doubt. And I know that there are opinions both ways with the PED thing. But it just was a little bit too fuzzy for me. But I was still kind of like hanging on. And at one point, you actually, in episode 93, referred to him as potty mouse druggy ex-boyfriend, which <laughs> I'm not going to even say how many of those there are. But um, <laughs> I didn't say what of, but now I probably can. Right. There we go. <laughs> so we know that he, it, despite this first suspension, though, he was traded to the Mets under sort of weird circumstances because his agent turned Mets GM Brody Van Wagenen that his name's I can never get straight is sort of like hooked up a deal to get Cano there. So I'm wondering how Brody feels about this now. So it's sort of like it it's it's just stupid whether or not PED use is a problem accepted not. I know the debate is out there. If you fuck up badly enough that you get the half season why would you do it again? And that's where it comes. And that's where sort of the whole PED argument sort of boils down to. Right. So he's in his late 30s. People, the players who have been stellar and start losing it are the ones, I think, who are most susceptible to turning to PEDs because the pressure is there. You know, he's under this this pressure. But but fucking, you know, you've already been caught at this that at that point you, you've got to get to the point where you're like well this is this is what's happening to my old person body you know I've come come, come to grips with that I'm not dying my hair <laughs> this is what's happened to my old person body my right hamstring is aching a little bit right now from playing catch earlier but so you so you have to deal with that these are the facts of life and damn it Cano the the silver lining though is that he's saving the Mets money by doing this He's freed up money for them because they don't I'm have sure to pay him. I'm sure that's exactly what, what he had in mind when he chose to <laughs> it, it, ingest an old school PED that isn't – there's – like you can't even try an excuse like my Dominican doctor said it was okay. It's, a, it's only just a diuretic. This one's actually straight up a PED from like the before times. It's like, oh, wow. dude, uh, you know, this is – but yeah, but now there's another $24 million that can be spent elsewhere this year. Let's see where that goes. And and then there's the, the the origin story thing because when this happened last time, his he he of course is also a former Yankee, and in those days with the whole biogenesis thing and A Rod's you know good uh, influence, shall we say, on other players, it's that was kind of insinuated. But I don't know. You know, we had said as Potty Mouth stated, like at the time, like okay, we're gonna let people make up their own mind whether PED is something that's gonna prevent somebody from being their boyfriend or not. That's you know right. all on your own. And I think like right before the show, we were talking like, okay, he added stupid and a second offense on yeah. top of this one. So I know I think as far as we're concerned, it's like mm, yeah, I think he's a no fly zone. 
Yeah. It's and and he's going to be around because so he's he's off the hook for this year, but the Mets have him for 22 and 23. He still got a nice swing. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. And a, and an adorable smile. Always the boyfriend thing. And here's the PED thing. One can argue that it's stupid to say yeah. you can't use them, but it is currently the, an MLB rule that you as a player have agreed to follow. So what should be done if you disagree with this whole PED thing is argue the rule, not just try to get away with, you know, skirting the rule. It's like the make, pine tar make thing, the change. right? Yeah. It's, yeah. There's that excuse. Well, everybody's breaking the rule. But I hate that as a teacher, that is definitely something that gets under my skin. Because when I call a kid on something like using their phone in class, if they say something like, but everybody else is doing it, that's the worst thing that you say. Don't, don't oh, say yeah. that. I mean, you are responsible for yourself. You deal with your own issues. And yeah, follow the rule. Unless, of course, you're Raldus freaking Chapman and you throw uh, 101 miles per hour at Mike Brosso's Brosso? Brosso. Brosso's head. Brosso, yeah. Dang it. I'm so sorry, Mike. Because um, I don't want Raldus freaking Chapman throwing at your head. He had a three game suspension, which he appealed. And his upon appeal, the suspension was reduced to two games. I don't know. Maybe because he missed. I don't know. I don't think it's cool to throw at people's heads. So I there was no reason given, like, oh, you know. Might as well. You guys didn't make, you know, you didn't go very far. So no big deal or whatever. The the happy news, trying to stick to happy news here is that that our pal Mike Brasso hit a home run off of Araldus freaking Chapman in game five of the division series, which is the sweet, sweet revenge that we want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the whole appealing when nobody's listening. Like, I think this headline definitely got buried under so much other stuff that's happening. That's shitty. Yeah, you know, it was the end of the season. So there you go. There you go. The other thing that happened at the end of the season, which was kind of dumb, was Cody Bellinger with his like forearm celebration <laughs> in game oh seven God. of the NLCS with Kike Hernandez, where he dislocated his freaking shoulder. And he ended up playing. You know, he came back in and, you know, he, he played during the World Series, right? Mm-hmm. But also when the series was over, just this past week, had shoulder surgery. The doctors say, you know, he should be recovered in 10 weeks, which puts him in line to be able to start spring training if spring training starts when it's supposed to, because we can't plan. We can't plan. But I'm also I'm a little amused. You know, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I really don't. But Cody Bellinger has been irking me and it was kind of stupid. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I was wondering about that at the time. We did. We did talk about that, like. Can he still play? Wait, he's still playing. That seems weird. Yep. 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 Who's not still playing though? Size. So going back in the in the archives on my original, I feel like this is a little bit of a nostalgia episode. In our original baseball boyfriends, I, I like to pick quirky guys. And I picked Yonder Alonso when he was with the Cleveland team. He just announced his retirement out of the blue on Instagram. And I think he shocked a lot of people. One of the reasons why I picked him is because he is hysterical, kind of like of the Kike Hernandez ilk. And when he started with Cleveland, he went undercover to their fan fest just oh, yeah. to see if people would recognize him and just sort of like fucked around with people while he was walking around and then took his seat on the other side of the table and took off his wig and people were like, oh, wow, that's you. So he's just an endearing character. He had spent a lot of time on the Padres, which I didn't realize before a bunch. He went to the A's, Mariners, Cleveland. And then his last year, I think, was was split White Sox-Rockies. 
Uh, he was a first-round draft pick in 08 for the Reds. I didn't remember. I don't know if I talked about it when we first introduced him that he had started so high, but he was in the news a lot last year when, or two years ago, when Manny Machado was looking for a home and and because they are brothers-in-law. He, shit, I didn't write it down, who's married to who. I believe that Yonder Alonso's sister is married to Manny Machado. I, I, I strongly right. believe that, and I'm just going to say it like it is because, you know. You're going to lie recording. with exact figures in case there, it's a lie. There you go. So he was, they were looking sort of like at this combo thing, and and that's when he went to the White Sox, and they were thinking Manny would go there and hoping that Alonso and would, would lure Manny in, and it didn't quite work that way. So Manny's still playing. Alonso's retired. He did have a very respectable career. He had a 259 career average. The first half of 19 was the bummer with the White Sox at 178. But he did well the second half of 19 with 260 with the Rockies, but then he didn't get called anywhere for 2020. So I think he's like, might as well cut it while we while we can. But you know, tipping my hat to Yonder Alonso because he was a very fun boyfriend to follow that year that I had him. More fun stuff. We have fun stuff today. Yeah, we do. I have high hopes that maybe we will have a women's league in the United States and possibly as soon as next year. We've been following women's baseball a lot on the show. And we have talked about how whenever they have the Women's Baseball World Cup every couple of years, the the, the U.S. seed has actually been dropping because other countries have their shit together a lot better with women's baseball. And Japan has won something like the past six, I think, Women's Baseball World Cups because they have a league and they have the only league in the world. Uh, Canada and Australia have both been making steps toward that. And the U.S. has been sort of lagging behind. But one of we do know that there was a women's league here. And we've talked about that a lot in our show. And anybody who's seen the movie from whence our name comes knows about that. But the All-American Professional Girls Baseball League, one of their alumni, 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 uh, Susan Sue Parsons Zippy, who is now 86 years old, is making it her goal to get this league happening. And she's making moves on it. So she has sent out a survey to women around the world looking for interest in playing in this league, including the US, Canada, Cuba, Venezuela, and even Japan. So maybe pulling some of the women who don't make it into the league there. And what I think is brilliant is her plan is to use the spring training sites. And so to make it a fall or winter league using MLB sites, which would bring more people in. And you've said this, Patty, from like the get-go, like do it in the MLB parks and it's going to be more successful. And she's sort of targeting the retirement community in, in Florida and Arizona that might be drawn to watching women play baseball. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but I'll be keeping an eye out. And I really hope that this happens. That would be so much fun to follow. That would be amazing. And I'm I'm very curious in this whole international survey because there are a lot of women playing baseball in this country now through organizations like Baseball for All and, you know, DC Girls Baseball. And there's, you know, those those pockets of ball players around the country have girls who are going to college. Yeah. Who are, in fact, of age to play in the equivalent of a major league team now. So um, I think I think we could do this. But, you know, sure. Right. We could bring in some ringers. That'll be fun. 
Yeah, I think it's sort of like modeling off of MLB because MLB has players in from all over and there's definitely women's teams around. I'm surprised Mexico's on the list because they actually have a really solid women's national team. But maybe, maybe there'll be more. I don't know. Speaking of international stuff, international baseball happening now. First, the international baseball that is over, sadly, CPBL from Taiwan, which has just you know been such a big part of my life for the past few months. And last week, we left off right before the awards ceremony. And the baseball boyfriend that I had chosen from the Lions in the CPBL is Lin Anka. And I had hoped that he would be getting Rookie of the Year. And in fact, he did get Rookie of the Year. He did not get MVP, but he did get Rookie of the Year, as well as awards for having the most home runs and the most runs batted in of the league. So yay, Lenanka. And possibly the, have... the biggest American fan base. It could be. It could be. He really does have that that sort of stellar smile. The whole outfield, actually, the Lions outfield. They're they're a, like an LL Bean ad in their little matching khaki jeans or khaki pants from from the <laughs> awards, not the awards ceremony, from the uh, like the fan fest thing. But for the award ceremony, they all got like really dressed up. Those pictures. Check out CPBL Twitter feed for some really fun pictures of the award ceremony. Hey, before you leave um, CPBL, I just want to note that uh, Potty Mouth was quoted extensively in um, this really lovely article about about international fans who were drawn to the CPPL this year, um, written by Clive, yeah, our friend Clive mm-hmm. Shue. And it was great because it was all it was profiling six or seven fans in different countries from different demographics who somehow came to find CPPL to watch good baseball, but also to find community. And we will link to that because I loved reading it. And I got a little teary-eyed, got a little teary-eyed. It was nice. It was good stuff. Yeah, that was baseball. beautiful. There is crying Clive in baseball. Is, God damn it. There is. There is. We just lie on a regular basis. But Clive is such a good dude and he writes really well. So definitely check out that article. There's, there's a teeny bit of baseball still happening on the other side of the world, much more teeny by the time you listen. So this is the Korean series. Right now we're, we're uh, taping. Taping? We're not taping. We're recording. I'm so old. We are recording digitally <laughs> on Sunday night. You, know, you should consider PEDs to kind of like keep, totally your, keep your strength. <laughs> oh, my God. PEDs for podcasters. We don't get tested, do we? Yeah, we just have beer. Yeah, lots that's of, right. Beer. I just need, I, my beer's empty. I need to call in for a refill. Uh, so the, the series <laughs> right now, as of Sunday night, is two to two, the Dinos against the Doosan Bears. And I have been rooting for the Dinos since March, but not paying so much attention to them until recently. I did wake up at 4.30 in the morning for the first the game one and game two. Yeah, I know. I'm fucking nuts. And right now it's two and two. So there are, you know, potentially two games left, potentially three games left. Somebody's got to win four games. The games are at 430 in the morning Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, which is Monday, which is negative one day from when you're listening to this, if you hear it when it first drops. And then also Tuesday and then Wednesday. So this could be one by the time you guys hear this. Are, are these ones broadcast on ESPN as background for the talk show or is there some other oh way to watch God. them? Oh my God. Oh my God. I, you know, I, I really, I know that there are other ways to watch them. I'm sure you could find something on Twitch. Like the, I've been watching the ESPN and it's still so fucking painful. And I couldn't believe it that these guys have gotten to this point. So these are ESPN announcers that have been covering the KBO all fucking season. Luckily they brought in Daniel Kim, who's wonderful, who oh, is yay. in Korea and and Korean and knows the team. And he's, he's a great resource there, 
but I am fucking baffled by the questions that they ask him. I'm like, have you guys not been paying attention? This the first game when I first tuned in, they talked about sort of the must be hard to focus without the cheering going on and how random it is. And Daniel was like, uh, no, not random. Like there are specific cheers for specific times. Like we all know this. Everybody who's been paying attention, even a teeny bit, knows that the cheering is very well orchestrated. But no. All right. So I digress. Oh, there's more to complain about, though. Fuck. So I have been this, you know, we've lost Dino's our happy. Fan. We lost our I happy. I don't know what happened. I think we're going to get back there. We're going to get okay. back there. I'm just going to take a small asshole detour. <laughs> Aaron Altair <laughs> is a, a former MLB player. He was on the Phillies from 2014 to 2018. And then 19, he was in the Giants and the Mets and went to free agency. And now he is playing on my beloved dinos in Korea. And despite the fact that they are my beloved dinos, I hadn't really been paying enough attention to know exactly who is on the team. So Altair, I was rooting for the dinos game one, rooting for Altair. He hits a three run home run, wins the game, gets to be MVP and doesn't show up at the press conference. What? Why doesn't he show up at the press conference? Because Why? he didn't want to wear a mask because it would hurt his little breathing. He, he felt like he couldn't breathe if he was wearing a mask. Oh, and okay. this is so Korea. And I'm going to get to this in a second. Understandably has very tight COVID regulations when it comes to baseball. And one of those regulations is if you're not on the field, even if you're in the dugout anywhere, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. I found out also that he was pictured during the opening ceremonies without a mask. Now, the team the team stated that he had apologized. I saw no article where he was quoted directly saying he apologized. So this always comes down to like our, our little, what, what, what do you have to do to make amends for being an asshole? And apologizing genuinely is the bare minimum. And I don't know if it counts if the dinos report that you're sorry and will follow protocol. The other thing that I did was I checked out his um, Twitter feed. And not only is there a big Trump 2020 banner behind his face, but he has multiple retweets of Trump's denial of the election results. So I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Holy like, hell. Is, what are you doing in Korea, man? Like, really? Like, I've, you know, I always go back to like our buddy Tim Melville, who is like the, the perfect foreign player in a foreign country where you just embrace the culture and have fun with it and like get to know people and, and obey their health regulations. And this guy, this guy. Trump 20. Ugh. This guy. So that was a bummer. Never going to be a boyfriend. Never going to be a boyfriend. So there there might be more uh, KBO if this goes to game seven, which would be an exciting thing. But an also a side note is game six and seven are going down to 10% capacity. So games one oh. and two, the stadiums were at 50%, but COVID wow. rates are not going well. So games three, four, and then five projected are going to be at 30%, but it's already been decided that six and seven are only at 10%. This COVID, it's such a pain in the ass. And that's why I miss Taiwan so much because you knew how careful they were. So it was fun baseball and it was also guilt-free because it was so well monitored. So first there's the situation in Korea and then a little bit worse when it comes to Lidom in the Dominican Republic, which I've been following and I'm following like, you know, looking through my fingers, like 
trying to hope that everything's going to be okay. And it's been a week and it's so much fun, but it's not okay. Is it? It's not okay. And I feel so shitty for being so into it because it's probably not okay. There are two teams that within the first week who have come down with multiple people on the team with COVID. One is the Tigres de Lisee. And I had just, I think, retweeted their really fun um, the locker room party yep. thing. And then it's not so fun anymore because five of them have COVID, including San de Leon, who is oh, one of my, yeah, like little apple of the eye, uh, previous Red Sox and Cleveland dude. So their games this weekend were canceled against the Estrellas Orientales while they regrouped. The Gigantes de Cibao, they also had a bunch of cases, seven, and it said not just players. They didn't name who. I don't know. I guess they have HIPAA, some hip, hip-ish kind of thing. <laughs> hip-ish. But do they have protocols? I mean, they do. There, they they do. do. Yeah. So so first, the Gigantes de Cibao, their, their official press statement was it's under control and we're going to keep playing. And then, though, the Ministerio de Salud, the, the health department of the Dominican Republic said, no, no, you're not. So there are health protocols. They also are supposed to be masked when they're not on the field. Today, as I was watching the Leones Aguilas Ibeñas game, it looked like that was being taken into account more. Like you go into the dugout, you pull up your neck gaiter thing. I'm really hoping, I mean, but it has to be a lot of health protocols is the problem. Like a lot, like there's no bubble. That's for sure. Yeah. And like what goes on in the clubhouse and, you know, are they all just hanging out close together and inside and all of that? Probably so. Probably so. And then the the Tigres actually reposted an example of their clubhouse celebration with masks on and they pointed that out. But still, I mean, it's the mask. There's also the the proximity issue. They're definitely not the six feet apart, even if you're wearing the mask. Yep. I don't know. So if you're going to watch Lead On, watch it quickly. It's only 20 bucks still at this point. It's tw- I think it's really worth it. And you're going to see a lot of friendly faces because that's everybody complains. Oh, I'm not going to watch another league because I don't know the players. Well, yeah, you do. Actually, there are a lot of great players on my beloved Leones de Escogido today. Gregory Polanco debuted and he hadn't played on the Leones for several years. I think it was 2013-14 that he played and he is he was the first and maybe the only to get rookie of the year and MVP the same season that season. And then he's been a little busy with MLB but kind of coming back. So we'll see this sort of theme coming back that players go to winter leagues sometimes to get their feet back on the ground if things haven't been going as well in MLB or if they've been injured to get a little bit more playing time or in the case of Wander Franco the number 1 um New guy. Perfect. For that's the word. That's word. <laughs> for Where the for the for the Tampa, Tampa Bay team. He is on the Leonis Escogido. I, I think if you haven't picked a team yet, Patty, you might want to look at the Aguilas Sibenas because both Victor Robles and Wil- and Wilmer Defoe are in the starting lineup. Be still my heart. Be still my heart. They're so cool. They're so cool. And Robles has been doing really well. He got a home run the other day, maybe yesterday, something like that. I'm just going to make shit up, but I know he got a home run. <laughs> um, also, Melky Cabrera, familiar name of Mets fame, maybe not last year, but previously, and Robel Garcia with a lot of future going with the Cubs. So there's a lot of good things happening with the Aguilas Sabenas. 
The the shitty side is there are some players who we would rather not be see be seeing playing. Yes, I do teach English in my other job. Um, no. Who are looking for comebacks through going back with Lidam. One is Odubel Herrera, who is just started with the Gigantes de Cibao, so stay away from the Gigantes. We know that in 2019, we actually talked about this at the time, that he had a huge fucking suspension for domestic violence, which means you know it's bad, 85 games. And they don't give out that heavy too much for domestic violence. So it was so bad that the Phillies were actually looking to sweep him under the rug a bunch. He did not get any playtime in 20 and he is still owed over $10 million to play in 21, but we will actually see what happens with that. So I think he is trying to prove himself. He's trying to look good in lead on so that the Phillies take him back and realize that, I don't know, that play is more important than morals. That would suck. Um, the other like least favorite dude on our list is Domingo Germán, who also got a shit ton of time off for, for domestic violence. And he is on the Toros del Este, the reigning champs, and he's doing well. He uh, was in a combined no-hitter, which does not happen that often in Lidom. It was just the other day. There were actually four other pitchers involved, but it's the only only the tenth time in Lidam that a no hitter has happened, which seems kind of odd to me. Yeah, so he had a sixty three game suspension. So that's kind of shitty, like ending. But but despite those assholes, you know, check out Lidam. Twenty bucks. We'll post that link. It's worth it while you have it. I I hope. I don't know. I hope it is. I feel kind of mixed. Yeah, yeah. It's not guilt-free, but if you need your baseball, it's the fun one. It's definitely yeah. a fun one. It's all you got right now. Until right. next year when there'll be a women's league and you can watch the women's national league in the United States this time of year. That would be oh, okay. Oh, that's going to be Did awesome. you see how I made that happy? That Thank you so much. <laughs> that is totally a silver lining. That could be happening at this time next year. It I would be could. so happy. It yeah. should. And hey, Potty Mouth is really happy on social media pretty frequently so you should come visit us there where can people find us hang out with us on twitter at ncib podcast facebook and instagram at no crying in b-ball so excellent um this week i'm gonna be i don't know i'm gonna be cooking a lot of food and listening to potty mouth telling me about all the international baseball that i'm missing because i'm busy cooking food and waiting for my darling child to make a triumphant return from rochester Aww. home of the red wings the new AAA nationals affiliate <laughs> That's what I've got going on. Um, if, you know, in between, um, you know what? You're going to have a little time to kill if you're not getting together with your family for the holidays, which is the sad thing, but the right thing to do. So please feel free to listen to some past episodes so we can take your mind off of the world around you. Tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. Leave us a rating or a review if you get a chance. Please wash your hands, wear your masks, Watch your distance, celebrate the holidays as safely as you can, and say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. You missed me saying baby frickin' Yoda. I mean, that's not good. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go thank uh, you for okay. rectifying that situation <laughs>